We are dust, and to dust we will return. But who needs dust when perfection is on the horizon? Perfection is much more tempting. In fact, our culture often demands that we present a facade of flawlessness, always striving for more, as if our worth is tied to how put together or well-adjusted we appear to be. But the truth is, life is messy and imperfect. And no amount of our pretending can change that fact. The pressure to be perfect is a burden that we all bear, but maybe it doesn't have to be. Perhaps today, on this first Sunday of Lent, we can remember that we are human, and part of being human together is indeed our imperfection. Our rough edges bump up against one another. One of my professors writes in a reflection on this passage from the Gospel today, and she says this, At its core, the vain labor of perfectionism is an attempt to manage our pain, shame, and fear. For Jesus, she goes on to say that it means, If you never want to feel pain, then turn this stone into bread so your body never feels broken. If you never want to experience shame, then control the world with political power. If you never want to experience fear, then call upon the angels to wrap you in bubble wrap and stay far from the light. My friends, Jesus here is faced with a very human conundrum. Don't you want life without pain, hunger, fear, and shame? In Genesis, the scriptures provide another take on this human interaction with perfection from a different vantage point, albeit with a lot of the same themes. Adam and Eve start in the Garden of Eden, a place of divine perfection, with one primary temptation and command, not to eat from the tree of knowledge. After they do, they feel for the first time shame. The Genesis temptation juxtaposes the temptation of Jesus in the Gospels, but at its core, the same truths remain about what it means to be human in light of our desire for perfection. Even the first humans in the world understood this sense of shame, and they did what they could to believe it, to hide. They lied and they blamed each other. When we put the scriptures into this context, I contend, friends, that the temptation sequence here for Jesus is remarkably relatable. It's not just an image of a perfect Christ who defeats temptation only the way that God can, but it's a message about what it means to be human. If I just achieve, feel, or hide to the level of perfection, then my pain, fear, and shame will end. The truth is, on this side of the fall of Genesis, we are not created to be perfect. We are created to be human, with all the complexities and imperfections that come with being alive. And yet we often put immense pressure on ourselves to be, in fact, perfect, to have all the answers, to never make a mistake. This pressure can be debilitating and can prevent us from living fully and freely. From college essays to parenting in our modern world to our professional lives, 
Jesus' ability to resist temptation is to be taken as a message of hope and comfort for those among us who struggle with inadequacy and self-doubt. It is a reminder that it's okay to be imperfect and that our flaws and mistakes do not define us. They are simply part of our human experience. Jesus declares at the end of this sequence, quote, Worship the Lord your God and serve only Him. For many of us here today, I contend it means setting aside our aspirations for perfectionism and living into the reality of our lives as they are. Jesus surrenders to the love of God as His angels wait on Him. Jesus relied completely on the support of angels and the steadfast love of God, even as he faced the trials and temptations of his world. In his vulnerability and dependence, he showed us the power of trust and surrender, and the comfort that can be found in the arms of a loving creator. Despite the challenges and difficulties we may face, we too can find solace in knowing that we are never alone and that we have a loving God to depend on. Often when I think about sermons like these, I ask myself, what does this reality about our imperfections say to us and our actual lives today? And today I think the answer is that God gives us each other to help carry the burdens of our imperfect lives, to be known by one another, and to also be known and fully seen by God. In God's mind, our imperfection isn't a hindrance or a flaw. In fact, it makes God's love even more sublime. There is a beautiful art form from Japan called Kitsugi, which is translated as golden repair. It's the art of repairing broken pottery from gold dust lacquer instead of simply throwing it out when it's broken. The idea is that the breakage and repair are part of the history and character of this piece of pottery. In fact, the cracks and the flaws, the damage, the scarring are intrinsic to its beauty and to the whole. The breakage and repair do not need to be hidden or disguised, but instead fully appreciated and enjoyed. If you look up images of a kintsugi, you will see pottery with marbles, golden textures that are uniquely stunning. Breakage itself of this kind of repair and are alien to mass production and to factory assembly lines. No algorithm can reproduce these individual breakage patterns, and no box can affect the beauty of such glorious repair. One of my daughter's favorite characters is Isabella from the Disney film Encanto. She learns a similar lesson about perfectionism. Her character arc begins off with her as the perfect sister in a Madrigal family, the golden child. And throughout the narrative, she explores the magical gift of creating plants that aren't, in fact, perfect. She begins to explore her own creativity, takes risks, and makes something new and imperfect, such as carnivorous plants, plants with thorns, and plants that aren't only princess pink. I think there's a lesson for us in her song, and she sings this. I grow rows and rows of roses, floor them aisle by the mile. I make perfect practice poses, 
so much hides behind my smile. What could I do if I just knew what I was feeling in the moment? What could I do if I just knew it didn't need to be perfect? It just needed to be, and they'd let me be. What can you do when you're deeply, madly, truly in the moment? What can you do when you know who you want to be is imperfect, but I'll still be okay? Friends, I believe God sees our imperfections similarly, as intrinsic to the beauty of what it means to be human and fully loved by God. This lens, may we appreciate our lives as they really are, imperfect, human, and God-breathed. 